Blog Talk Radio. Show man Randy Savage, you are about to hit the garbage, yeah. Careful you don't hurt your neck again going through those ropes. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. What up, Chris? My God, can you actually hear me? I can hear you now. Fantastic. I'm almost not even in the mood anymore. <laughs> sure you are. Boot to the face. You can't, let, you can't let JP and Yeti down. Yeah, they're uh, they're they're texting me now. I'm going to tell them we're good. Move to the Face, episode 24. Starring technical issues. But I got a co-host. My man, filling in. This, this may well be the free bird rule because you filled in twice now. So, I don't know if you want to be Garvin, P.S. Hayes, or what was the other guy's name? Oh, hell, I was a Terry Gordy fan. I want to be Bam Bam. Bam Bam, Terry Gordy. I can't believe I left out. I can't believe I remember Garvin and not Terry Gordy. <laughs> Gotta be a bad night. Episode 24. We're talking all things WrestleMania. Uh, has Kofi King and Kingston surpassed Becky Lynch in popularity head towards WrestleMania? Your favorite titles? Top three? I know mine, though. We got the Chris Rucker Power Rankings. We'll probably lead off with that, get that out of the way. And then uh, we'll take some phone calls. But first, Petopolis, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing all right. We finally had a uh, 40, 40 degree plus day here in Chicago. It's only been about three months since we saw one of those, and the sun's been out. So that's it's a nice change of relief. And hey, it's WrestleMania season. Well, I'll tell you what I just did today. I booked my first round of golf of the year. I've been waiting because it's been raining every fucking weekend. So finally, this weekend, it'll be in the 60s, it'll be sunny, and I'll be out there drunk, cussing at a little white ball that won't go in the hole. Nice. That's the best way to start spring. So let's get into it. Um, I'm going to run down these power rankings real quick, because Marty's not here to stop me from doing whatever I want to do. I'll make it quick, and then we'll get into uh, some WrestleMania action. Number five your new Intercontinental Champion for the second time, the Destroyer, Bobby Lashley. Big week. He defeated Finn Balor, and he was one-sixth of the best match at Fastlane, which I thought was a great match, and that was a six-man tag against the Shield, who coincidentally are number four. The Shield played a big part in Fastlane, Monday Night Raw, 
where Drew McIntyre destroyed two-thirds of them, which, again, coincidentally, that's why he's number three. Drew McIntyre, what a week he had. Took out Roman Reigns, beat the shit out of him, cancer or not, he whooped his ass. And then he beat Dean Ambrose in what was a fantastic Falls Count Anywhere match. Number two, the United States champion. Defeated Rey Mysterio at the pay-per-view and then got another win on SmackDown last night, Samoa Joe. He's already starting out with a good run. And number one, the man for the past six weeks now, Kofi Kingston. So to recap, Lashley, Shield, Drew McIntyre, Samoa Joe, and Kofi Kingston. I know you're not going to disagree with those picks, Pete. You can't because they're perfect. Well, I do like uh, the Samoa Joe pick. I mean, he's making the, that title relevant again. Not saying anybody else did, but at least you know when he comes out, you're going to get a good fight. Um, and he's been and he's been bringing it, you know, since he's won the title. So I mean, yeah, he could be uh, number one, number two, any one of those. But yeah, number two is a good spot for him because, well, it's Kofi's time. And speaking of, let's just get right into it. I know you didn't watch SmackDown last night, so I will quickly recap it as quick as I can. Basically, the New Day came out. Um, They were politicking for Vince to give Kofi a a shot. Kofi just kind of stood there. Vince was in the ring, and New Day's pleading their case, and Vince is telling them why Kofi isn't championship material because the quote-unquote guys like him don't deserve to be champion, and he's basically a B-plus player the whole nine. Kofi went on a little spiel about how he's been there 11 years, how he hadn't seen his kid for Halloween at one time, and how he never complains and watches all these people unlike him. They kept saying, people like me and people like you, and why am I not worthy, and playing on the quote-unquote race issue. And so Vince tells Kofi, all right, well, if you want the shot at WrestleMania, you just got to do one thing. And then out comes Randy Orton. Kofi's like, okay, I can beat him. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, this guy too. And out comes Samoa Joe. And then the bar. And then Eric Rowan. So basically, Kofi Kingston next week has to win a gauntlet match versus five of the top stars on SmackDown in order to get a shot at WrestleMania. And there was a little key part. I was going to say, is this like a Daniel Bryan rehash when he was trying to go for the championship? Let's throw all these roadblocks in front of him, and yeah, we'll give you your WrestleMania title shot. That's what this sounds Pretty like. Pretty much. And they even um, they even had Daniel Bryan talking to Vince, and like I said, Daniel actually called Kofi Kingston a B-plus player. So, nice. Yeah, so uh, there's a I'm trying to find the definition of it. Um, there's a little term that Vince used, and I will I'll tell you what it was. He actually said to Kofi, he said something to the nature of, uh, basically all you're doing is you're letting these two young bucks do all the work while you take all the credit. And so wow. when I heard it, the first thing I thought was, that's kind of funny. And then I saw somebody on Twitter say, oh, that was a shot at Cody Rhodes. And so I, I looked at the meme, and I read what he said word for word. And he said, you let two young bucks, which was, you know, the young bucks, and Cody's new thing is do the work. 
while you take all the credit. So you're letting the young bucks do the work while you take all the credit. So that could be one way it was taken. And then I was listening to a radio show today where a guy called in, who's like a political science teacher, and uh, which I didn't know this. I was trying to find the actual meaning forward, so I didn't fuck it up, and I can't find the definition right now. But basically, young buck is a term that was used during the Reagan administration to describe young black guys um, when they were trying to use certain keywords to be racist while they were on TV and not have everybody know what they were talking about. You had to be in the know. Basically, rich, white, Republican people would use that term. And I thought, huh, I would love for them to be going the race way. Are they smart enough to go back that far and dig up something like that? Because if so, that's – I like it. Um, I don't know if you've been listening or not, Pete, but I've been pulling for the the reason Vince doesn't want Kofi in it is because he's black, and I want them to bring it out because, you know, I'm still kind of mad about the Booker T situation, and they can write that wrong. Now, who was on the other end of that Booker T match, by the way? Do you remember that at WrestleMania? Oh, my gosh. Um... I can tell you I hate him. He's got a huge nose. Oh, that'd be, that'd be your boy Triple H? Yeah. Yeah, imagine that. One of the biggest racist storylines in the history of the world, and you're just thinking, we know Booker T's going to pull through, and then Triple H wins because racism wins. That's why I don't like Triple H. (laughs) See, my my guess is somebody probably like Bruce Pritchard probably wrote Vince's script, say, say Young Bucks, say this, say that, as probably a shot to AEW. And Vince probably had no clue. He's like, just say these key words and I'm good. Probably not having a clue whatsoever what it means. He's just saying it just to say it. Yeah, that's that's more than likely what happened. But I, I kind of like it if it goes the other way. Um, I think this is a perfect time to do an angle like this. And instead of it being Nation of Domination where the fed up black dudes or the heels, they would actually come out as the faces this time because it's 2019 and everybody loves a racial or some kind of sensitive underdog story. So instead of them being regarded as the heels this time, they would actually be the faces and I think it would work. Now, whether or not they would go that direction because of all the sponsors and new contracts and stuff like that they have, I don't right. know. Stockholders but, and all that. Yeah. If they were to go that way, I would love it. And if this was something just kind of dipping their toe in the water, I would love that too. But it definitely, the, the promo definitely had some undertones of it without them actually just coming out and saying it. And so, uh, like right. I said, I know you didn't see it, but when you get a chance to go back and watch it, it was really, really well done, I thought. Yeah, I'll probably watch that tonight the, uh, before bed. And another uh, promo that was really well done, Pete, this is going to surprise you. Randy Orton comes out to the ring and gets this emotional, heartfelt promo on AJ Styles, who then comes out, and then they go back and forth about who's been handed what, who was on the indies. AJ Styles actually at one time told Randy Orton that he stole a knockoff version of the Diamond Cutter which, you know, got a big reaction from the crowd. And Orton said something like, you know, you and your little indie friends wouldn't know anything about stealing from other people. And then he held up the two sweet sign, and that got a big ooh and ah. 
<laughs> and they, yeah, it was it was good. Like I did not. Besides this being a fantastic wrestling match at WrestleMania, I was not looking forward to it. And then I saw the um, the promo last night, and they they knocked it out of the park. Uh, what are your thoughts on an Orton versus AJ match at WrestleMania? I love it. I I, I think it's uh, it'll probably be. It'll be not match of the night, proud roaring. I just think a little bit of takeaway from it, there's no title on the line between these two guys. So, you know, I mean, it's just a straight-up brawl. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if there was a – I mean, it's not going to obviously be for the heavyweight title. If one of them had the U.S. title, I think people would be definitely be invested in it. Not that they're not already. But if they keep doing promos like that, yeah, they're gonna get uh they're gonna get people excited for it. I'm excited for it. Like I said, that, that promo was unexpected. Um, Orton looked motivated. I'm yeah, I'm a big Randy Orton fan and right. a lot of the flack that he catches is because people say, Well, he just looks like he's going through the motions. Well he wasn't going through the motions last night. For whatever reason he was motivated uh for that promo with AJ Styles, probably because it was believable. I mean Let's mm-hmm. be real. Randy Orton probably does look down on the Indies. He never had to do it. Right. Yeah, and I like it too because um, I mean I like Randy Orton because I love his power slam. I mean that's that's another thing. Just another move that just comes out of nowhere. I mean he just destroys people with it. But I think you know this is much better than a AJ versus Shinsuke match, which never lived up to the hype in the WWE. Uh, I, I think this will definitely. Uh, give AJ a run for his money at WrestleMania. What we're going to do is we're going to, before we continue with the show, we got a call from Anaheim, California. So we're going to take that call and see who we have. Area code 714. You are on Boot to the Face. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Damien. There he is. What's up, Damien? What's up, man? Just uh, calling in before I head out to the gym real quick. That's somewhere I need to be going to, but instead I will be going to sleep after this is over with. So lift up one for me, Damien. I will. I got you. But uh, I wanted so to chime got? in on the. Um, I want to chime in on the wrestling belts. I saw that you posted on Twitter something about what's your favorite wrestling belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have. A, I want to say I have two favorite belts. I have the the blue. Eagle heavyweight belt that they used to have, like with the blue leather the one, strap. The one they the gave Stone Cold after he won. Yeah, that one. Okay. And okay. then I, I like the John Cena spinning one. That one's pretty cool. Oh my God, Damien! Really? The spinner belt? Hey, man! I was a I was a teenage kid when he had that belt, and at that time they had the G unit spinning chain, so that was like the hottest thing out. So the the wrestling bout was kind of the same thing. I hated that damn. Well, belt, but I mean, every, yeah, I, I'm going to tell you right now when I when I put in my list for the favorite belts, I was going to put the worst belt I ever saw was a spinner belt, and I don't know why <laughs> why it bothers me. Uh, I mean, everyone's different. I'm not judging you for it, but it was like I could not stand. It's like that's not even a championship belt. It's spinning. It's a toy. Give me a belt and. Yeah, I mean, but like I said, I'm you know I'm 46 years old, so 
my version of a title belt isn't the spinner belt where you said you were a teenager. So I don't judge you for it. You know, different times, different belts, but uh, it's 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 all right. You know, like I said, I'm not, like I said, you could judge me for hating it, but uh, it's cool. Well, I'll uh, say I have a question for you. It, it, uh, one 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 second. It worked for Cena when he was the champion, yes. but the fact that they kept it for so many years afterwards, even though Cena wasn't even a quote-unquote thug anymore, when he was Dr. Thug announced it, it worked. Like, I got it then. But when they kept it around for so long, it just kind of, it wore real thin with me. Go ahead, Damien. Uh, actually, now, now you said I have two questions. The first one is, um, do you think if, uh, like, somebody were to beat Daniel Bryan, you think they're going to keep that, that bout around for a while? Or they're going to get rid of it as soon as they crowd a new champ. Oh, they better get rid of it. I don't. I don't see any. I don't see anybody wanting to keep that. It looks fake. What was your other? And then question? my second question. Um, what was your guys' uh, favorite match on Fastlane? Favorite match on Fastlane. Um. Well, you, oh, go ahead, because I have to think about I'm like debating well, between the two. The Shield the shield with Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and Baron Corbin was, to me, the match of the night. Um, it was the most fun to watch. It didn't have any consequences in it, whoever won or whoever lost, besides it being the Shield's last match. But that was the most fun to watch for me that night. Yeah, that... That would probably be the best one. I think the one that I was really hyped for that didn't do it for me was the uh, Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens. And then it's like, hey, let's throw Mustafa Ali in there. I'm like, oh, you guys just ruined it. Um, But, yeah, I would probably have to go with the Shield as well. Yeah, I like that uh, that Daniel Bryan, Mustafa Ali, and Kevin Owens match. Kevin Owens damn near almost killed himself when he – Somersaulted out of the ring and hit his face on the, almost hit his face on the table. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a little yeah, brutal. He was, he was a couple inches away from having a real bad night on Sunday. Hey, I, I will tell you this much. I'm not. Uh, I'm not that big on Mustafa Ali, but he can. He's a he's a really good spot monkey, as the as the uh, broken one Matt Hardy would say. Like, he worked his ass off to try to get the crowd back into that match, but they just weren't trying to hear that shit. They were all about Kofi. And they put him in a real bad spot uh, having him come out during that match. And he gave it everything he had, but it just it didn't come off well just because the crowd was shitting on it the whole time. That's one yeah, of those I will say if you watch on mute, if you watch that match on mute, you would feel way different about it than you would watching it with the crowd noise in there. Oh, sure. No, I, I was going to say, during that match, um, I, I have to uh, go back on something I said. The spinner belt is the second worst belt for me. It's that hemp belt that they have now, um, <laughs> which I cannot stand, um, because it reminds me something some kid made out, out of his Nintendo Labo set that he got, because it looks like cardboard and Minecraft and all that. But my fantasy book for that match is... I wanted Kevin Owens to win that match so he could take the belt and break it over his knee and say, whoops, give me the real belt. 
that was my thing. But yeah, the hemp belt isn't my favorite belt, so I, I will pull back and give a little more credit to the spinner belt. I'd rather have the spinner belt than the big hemp. All right, man. I'm going to let you guys go. Continue uh, killing it. Continue success, as we'll say on Camino Richo. And uh, I'll be calling in next week. Well, I appreciate it. Arima there, Chief. All right, David. Peace out. Peace out. So while we're on that subject, Pete, you got your three uh, favorite championship belts listed? I do. I mean, it was actually a um, – I originally did pick five because there was, like – I mean, there's three that I – there's, like, four that I really like, but it's, like, if I had to put it in, like, a set of three, um, it was kind of hard to pick. Um, and mine – I can definitely give you my my three for sure. Um, you want me to go three to one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, like I said, I'll, I'll give you my my two. Uh, we'll call them honorable mentions. Um, and a lot of my reasoning for my belt picks were the people who held them. And it wasn't just so much how nice a belt looks or what you know. Hey, it looks shiny, nice. Um, it's the history behind the belt. It's you know, um, you know who wore the belt. Um, so my two honorable mentions, um, I wrote number five, were the uh, back in the 80s, the WWF tag team belts um, held by mm-hmm. the Bulldogs, held by the Hart Foundation, held by Demolition, and so on and so on. Um, when I first got into wrestling, the first tag team, the first tag teams I liked along with their feud were the British Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation. Um and so there's a history behind that belt and kind of like, hey, it takes me back to when, back to the 80s when I enjoyed wrestling and um, when I first got started. Um, and they, they, they were nice-looking belts. Um, but, yeah, a lot of it was basically my intro to tag teams, and uh, so that belt kind of stands out. Uh, number four, which obviously didn't make the – surprisingly didn't make the top three, but a belt I would love to have – um, was the NWA Domed Globe Belt. That was the one held by Ric Flair, Harley Race. It was that little belt that kind of it looks like a little waist belt pretty much, almost like a fanny pack. Um, a lot of history behind that belt. Uh, that would be one belt if I could hang on my wall, I would love to do it. Uh, again, just so much history behind it. Um, another thing with history, so my third favorite belt would be the, the Winged Eagle Belt from WWF. I wasn't a Hogan fan, um, but that belt looked sweet. I mean, everybody who had it in the 90s, um, I mean, that belt was gorgeous. Um, you know, and you, you know, you could say, oh, WWF, whatever. Um, you know, they, they don't make the best belts, but this one really stood out. It looked better than the, the original one. And, hey, it looked better than the spinner belt. Um, so, yeah, better. the winged eagle makes – yeah. So that makes my number three. Uh, the number two, surprisingly, is the WWF Intercontinental title. Uh, again, a belt I saw in the 80s, held by the Macho Man, held by Rick Rude, held by Kurt Henning, uh, the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, a lot of these guys that I grew up watching, I mean, that belt, you know, it wasn't as prestigious as the world title, but I, at the time, it looked better than the world title until the Wayne Diego came out. Um, but that a lot of history of that belt um, when we go back to our top ten wrestlers. My number three and my number two are Rick Rude and Randy Savage. 
they held that belt. They made it look good. Uh, so that made number two. Um, and if you know me, uh, number one, uh, the belt uh, brought on by the Nature Boy Ric Flair was the big gold. Um, seeing that belt, woo. I mean, that, woo, he knows better than Charlotte. Um, I know. But okay. that belt, when you, like, when, I, when you see a world title, it should be big. It should be bold. It should be bright. I mean, this thing you could see, you know, a mile away, and you know, hey, there's the world champ right there. Um, the belt was huge. Nature it was beautiful. Ball. It was all gold. Um, so that, again, that's, that belt holds a lot of history. Again, being a Ric Flair fan, you know, he held it. Unfortunately, Ronnie Garvin held it. Um, gross. Um, and, if, you know, Sting held it. A few other wrestlers held it. Um, but Big Gold makes number one. You um, you said something about the wrestlers that held the belt. Obviously, Big Gold, you know, the first person you think of is Ric Flair. For me, the right. Intercontinental title, the first person was made for him to wear. Like, when he wore that belt, it almost looked like it was a part of his ring attire. Like, it just fit right, him yeah. perfectly when he wore it. And then the um, the Winged Eagle belt, I know I may be the only one on this one, but I would think of Bret Hart when I think of the Winged Eagle belt. It seemed like that yeah. belt was made for him also. So that's yeah, pretty good. We're going to go We're gonna go up north out to Boston and see if we Boston. can get in touch with a wicked pisser. Oh. You guys got horrible taste in belts. I think we all I think everybody is gonna agree with the, the big gold being the number one belt. Sure. Well my oh, favorite man. belt is a gun belt that I can wear my nineteen eleven with, but I mean we're not talking about that. <laughs> the, so my number two belt I can't believe no one else brought this up. Because like you talk about the prestigiousness of what a belt should look like and how when you walk down, you should know that belt costs more than $10. My second belt cost a million dollars. Million dollar belt. Was that the one held by Ted DiBiase? Oh, yes. Yeah. It was diamonds. It was all diamond dollar signs for crying out loud. That's funny. And my number three belt, and I think I only like it because it's different. And it's new, and I know you guys have already said you just don't like it at all. And that's the I I do like the hemp belt. I don't know what it is. I like the idea that it's wood. I I don't know. It's different. There's never been anything like that before. Oh, it's yeah, it's I mean, get, different. But it, but it looks like like I said, it looks like some kid made it and say, here's a belt. It's like all right, I'll take this to the ring. Hey, it's like you know when you get a tie for Father's Day, I'm gonna wear the tie yeah. because my son gave it to me. Well, here's a belt I made for you, Dad. All right, I'll wear it to the ring. Well, all right. So here's the thing. Like I'm looking on shopwwe.com right now, uh, and like their cheap belts, their low line of belts, are two hundred bucks. You could produce, you could mass produce that belt, and sell the same version that they wear for probably a hundred and fifty dollars and make a hundred dollars profit. Yeah. So that could be the so, belt yeah. that every kid owns. Right. And yeah, they could sell it on Etsy or Target. Yeah, your champions. I don't. I just. I don't like it. It. Um. It. Like I said, it looks like a toy, which was one of the reasons I didn't like the spinner belt. Like The Rock said, you know, when he debuted the new one or the old new one, you know, your title shouldn't look like a toy. It should be something 
don't know. I guess I'm prestigious I'm age now where I'm just like back in my day titles look like they meant something and that damn thing looks like I can wipe my ass with it and get a splinter and I still wouldn't like it. I don't know. It's just it's yeah. yeah. My but thing is so like you look at every other belt let me ask you, so of all the titles in the world, as long as you've been watching wrestling, you're going to put that damn title as number three. Is this a rib? I like this. <laughs> I, 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 I like this. All right, how about this? If list. I do, with me, it would be a tie between that and the white intercontinental. See that. I'm good with that. I can see that. Uh, JP, Every what's the other thing now. partner that tried to take over? They tried to take over the show with you earlier when I was having my technical so, issues. He's he's mad at me because we had worse technical issues than you, believe it or not. <laughs> I, I, I we we went for an hour before we recorded right before you. Well, we didn't record, but we went for an hour and I forgot to hit record. Oh no! <laughs> so we're gonna at least what was wrong part. with me. Yeah, at least our problem wasn't my fault. It was Blog Talk's fault. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but, like, Facebook was down today. Instagram was messed up. Like, apparently the Internet is shit in the bed today, and I couldn't pull up the actual website for Blog Talk. Then I couldn't get into the studio, which is how you set everything up. And then once I did, uh, my microphone was still not working. I'm actually on the telephone right now. I could hear you guys talking, and I'm laughing along in the background, but y'all can't hear me at all, so... The first part of the episode is actually able to be downloaded right now. Somebody wants to go listen to it because it posted live as soon as I ended it. But yeah, yeah I so that's the only uh, part of the Irish whip that got recorded. Well, that was the thing. Like me and Josh, like, oh, let's just go till nine thirty, and then we'll call in. And we called in, and it was like dead air. And then I think Pete said, like, "Yo, with something." Yeah, and once we heard unmuted, it was. We didn't know if anyone else was on with us or not, so we just went. <laughs> and well, Pete was there, is, so... Just... The shit thing is I had this, like, long intro written down where I'm going down the list of all the shit we're talking about, and I'm doing it. But I don't know that I'm not on the air because I'm not getting any kind of... I don't have, like, a computer or anything that reads my that reads my levels or whatever. And so I'm thinking I'm talking, and then I hear Pete go, yo. I'm like, Pete, what's up? Can you hear me? And he doesn't say anything. And then I hear y'all jump in. I'm just like, hello. And I'm calling y'all all kind of motherfuckers and bitches and hoes and shit. Nobody answers me. So. <laughs> well, what was funny was, uh, what was funny was that, you know, we were all talking. And then all of a sudden, the lady's like, thank you for calling Blog Talk. Goodbye. And I was like, fuck, yeah. now I know how CM Punk felt after the pipe bomb when his microphone got cut. <laughs> we were talking shit about Chris and my mic got cut. Yeah. Oh, and hi, Cole Cabana. Hey, what's that area code 406, JP? What's that? What's area code 406? Oh, that would be Yeti, 406 Yeti. Montana. That, that would be Montana. Did you got anything else before we uh we transfer over to him? No, man. I just want to say love you guys. You guys get an awesome show. Uh, you know, obviously Marty's awesome, but when Pete steps in, you guys still it's like you two do this every week together. So great job. Hey, guys. Uh, before you guys go, 
guys, congrats on 500,000, man. That's an Thank awesome you. feat. Holy shit. Holy Thank shit. You. I couldn't even count that. I was like, how many zeros is that? <laughs> Dude, it's like, so, like, I never understood what people meant when they said something humbled them. Like, I never got that. I get that now. Like, it, it's just, it's not real. It's um, it's I'm humbled by it. It's crazy. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. And you guys are coming with us. Trust me. Hey, keep grinding and keep getting those numbers, man. I want to see a million. Yes, me too, man. That's what season two three, is about. Season two. It, and in three weeks, I want to see you and me drunk in New York City somewhere. So put your I am working on it. Sir. I was talking to the other Twitter Pete the other day, and he's trying to – he's uh, he's ready for some shenanigans down there too. So, All right, guys, thank you. I'll let you get Josh on, and your show will go downhill from there. Have a good night, sir. <laughs> All right, JP, take it easy. All right, bye. That was JP from Irish Whip. You can find them on – a plethora of podcasting networks, uh, mainly Podbean. I don't know all the podcasting networks that they're on, but Podbean, you can find them under Irish Whip, the three Irish boys. They do some good shit over there. A couple good cats, too. I haven't met the third Irish boy or talked to him. I don't even know if they have one. I think that's like a gimmick. Like, uh, Wasn't it you? The <laughs> I could be Irish. I drink enough Irish whiskey, and my wife is pale enough that I could pass as being Irish now. But I think it's there like a gimmick, like the raw the raw general manager. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a third Irish boy, maybe not. Oh uh, shit, it's gonna be Hornswoggle, isn't it? <laughs> Why do you guys let people with water on their brains talk on your show? JP Because I'm a co host is nothing but a waterhead. That's all he is. He's just a waterhead. Like, the only purpose that he serves is to hit the record button, and he can't even do that. Oh, my God. He was so probably thinking about Liv. <laughs> we just learned the Dude. secret to get the 500000 Whenever I go on somebody else's show, I got to shit-talk Marty, and then he's got to shit-talk me instead of us being nice to each other, and we'll be halfway to a million in no time. <laughs> Boom, mic drop. <laughs> oh, man. No, JP's really good. I mean... At a lot of things, but pushing the record button uh, on a regular basis, and we talked about this tonight. Like we missed an interview with Jordan Grace. Um, we didn't oh. record our interview with Brian Malonis. Um, he didn't record our interview with the Louisiana um, Commission of Athletics when everybody was doing that whole thing. Like we called the dude, we sent him an email. We wanted to find out exactly what the whole Twitter thing. Do you guys remember this when they're talking about no to over the ro- over the top rope battle royal? Do you guys remember this? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So we we actually reached out to the New England Athletic Commission, and they responded to us, and we interviewed the dude. Like JP interviewed the guy, um, and it became a serious thing. Like because a lot of professional wrestlers in that area, I guess, um, are getting hurt, so they have to they they have to go in and make sure that they know what they're doing. And they have spotters and shit like that, so nobody gets hurt. It was really all it was, but it was basically a rib um, because it became huge. If you guys look back in Twitter history, you'll see it. But anyway, belt. Dude, JP's belt or JP's belt because he is like, he's 40, 
whatever the, he is, but he's still a 12-year-old wrestling fan. Like, he loves the gimmicks, and that's why he loves Daniel Bryan Bell so much. He's a weirdo. But he's a lovable he's a weirdo. weirdo. Nah, he's a great dude. He's I love him to death. He's like a brother to me. That's why season two, I mean, we've... I'm gonna I'm gonna do my three belts and get off of here, but um, you saw my my number three is the ECW FTW Heavyweight Championship belt. I love that belt. I was FTW, a huge ECW mark. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was all Taz. Um, I think there was only one other person to hold it. It was Sabu at one point in time, but I don't freaking remember. Um, but then number two would probably be the IWGP Championship belt. Um, just okay. because of its history and people that have hold, held it, and its uh, gold and silver is pretty cool. And uh, Rucker hit the nail on the head with Mr. Perfect Man. Um, that Intercontinental belt is and always will be. Between him wearing it and Shawn Michaels, it's hard for me to see. I mean, it was just like it, when they were born, it was like that belt was molded for those two dudes to wear it. That's yeah. just, yep. and that's that. Those belts are. Those are the ones that I remember. Those are the ones like the workhorses, the the dudes that weren't the Hulk Hogan's or that. These were the guys that um, you liked even more, and the title reigns were longer. I mean, even the I would even put the Miz up there at that point in time for me yeah. because where he's come from in life, from being a fucking MTV dude, having a vision. Yeah having a positive vision of I'm going to be a professional wrestler and people made fun of him and laughed at him, but look at where he's at now. Yeah. And I mean, it's just cool people like that. that were, I think it's the people, the belt defi- isn't defined um, by this color or all that shit. I think a belt is really defined by who wears it and the history behind it. Exactly. Um, that's why I think like even the WWF hardcore belt after ECW kind of went away and all the ECW fans wanted a hardcore belt. Like even that belt um, is a really cool belt in and of itself because I think it's the only belt to ever be defended during the Super Bowl halftime show. And that was the Rock and Mick Foley, I think. Um, But it's just, I'm that kind of nostalgic where it's like, you know, Mick Foley or Hardcore Holly or fuck, what was the other dude? What was the other Holly? Um, Crash. Uh, uh, Crash Holly. Crash Holly. Yeah, he he's like a 15 time. To prove he was a super heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's belts like that, but there's um, there's a, a newer generation of belts. Cool, but I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see the history that unfolds, like the North American belt. Um, the NXT UK belt. Uh, That's a nice the, belt. Yeah, even the WWE Championship belt when Finn Balor first had it. I mean, the Demon. I, I just I don't say Finn Balor, but I say the Demon. I'm a huge bar for the Demon, and it's not a. It's just it's that's a fact. It's always going to be that way because he was Irish Whip was the first interview that he did when he came over here for his first tour in the U.S. So we'll always be oh, able to him, but. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, so it's it's just really cool to see guys like that 
and the even the crew even the two hundred five live the cruiserweight championship belt, dude. It, it the purple and the silver. I know people just don't like it, but for me, I've always been an X division fan, and I'm talking too much, so I'm going to get off of here. But no, um, you're good. That that cruiserweight belt, um, I don't. It's hard. It, it, like Pete said, that the cruiserweight belt would be an honorable mention for me because there's so many amazing cruiserweight belts, and I just wish they would take that cruiserweight belt, um, change 205 Live to cruiserweight TV, um, and keep it there. The 205 is, is whatever it is, but dump that that purple belt, bring the cruiserweight championship back because that's what everybody wants. I'm, I'm shitting mm-hmm. not. It just needs to happen, and. Um, you know, Drew Gulak, we interviewed that kid probably 50 times. I can remember specifically talking to him um, and DJ Hyde uh, when they were grabbing shit for CZW when he was in CZW. And between being trained by Mike Quackenbush, and he dropped a wheel of Yuda's name on the show the other week. So I was a huge mark for that because we're doing the whole um, suicide awareness stuff for Hope for the Day. Um, but Dude, I'm I'm so happy for you guys. I'm I'm excited for season two. We got some huge guests lined up. It's just, it was just really fun to have Josh Alexander lined up, and then him get offered a contract um, by Scott Moore and Impact Wrestling like two days before our interview, and we were so psyched, right, that we were going to be the first nice. interview, and then they impact sees that we're doing the interview on Monday and Josh Alexander says, Hey dude, sorry, I got to back up. I totally respect. I mean, it's your company. They're paying your bills. Dude, just let us know. So it's cool things like that, that we're like on the cusp of before other people are. And it just, it, it helps us validate the 500,000 downloads. And it's just really cool. Like JP said, and humble that um, we've made some great friends with UP and you, Chris and, and Marty, um, specifically on this show, and then just across across the world, it's just been cool. And to be featured on Wrestling News Sources, pretty humbling, man. Hey, that's hard, hard work and dedication, man. You guys earned it. Well, it's just a matter of, you know, you guys are doing the same thing, and we're just excited. And it was fun for us uh, to uh, kind of plan to go old school tonight, but not unplanned to go and uh, – take over your show the way that we did, but it kind of happened the way that it did. <laughs> Invasion <laughs> angles always work. Yeah, yeah and we used do. to do it all the time. I mean, we're, we're going to tell the story about when I had a kid that talked just like AJ Styles uh, called the night before an X-Division championship because uh, I had Vince Russo's home number and say that he was backing out of the show and we ended up getting his cell phone number at the same time. So it'll be a lot of fun season two telling some stories like that, man. I can already Old hear shit. Bro, bro, bro. What do you mean, bro? Are you serious, bro? <laughs> bro, you can't do that, bro. Oh, my God. That's fucking bad. Bro. Josh, we appreciate it, man. Congratulations. Uh, thanks for calling in and, and being a part of the Belt Talk. Uh, you know, we appreciate the hell out of you and, and JP helping us out as much as y'all do and and the good content and the whole nine. Uh, I'm done jerking y'all off now. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, good job, brother. It's just nice to hear your voice, and I'm glad that uh, you're just growing and keep doing what you do, and uh, it's fun, man. All right, brother. We will we will see you down the road. Peace. We'll talk to you soon, dude. Thanks, man. Yep. Good night, sir. Oh, shit. 706. I'm sorry. I completely just fucked up and hit the X on your number. I was trying to answer it. 706, if you're 
listening callback. Um, let's go to area code 608 because I believe this is Joe in Wisconsin. I can tell by the noise in the background that it is. Yeah, and I was like, uh, I hope he takes his time because this the, the wonderful weather in the Midwest is nonstop here. Well, look, Joe. If you hey, want, I can I can put you back on on uh, speaker. No, give me give me a second. I'm I'm co- I'm okay, coming up okay, to a rest ahead. stop here in two miles. So it's I'm I'm gonna stop because um, I I I was listening to the list of the belts and and I started thinking in my head of belts that have that I remember growing up that literally it's like they caught my interest. So. A little thing that I've never really shared a lot with people. So, like, when I was in high school, I I had an obsession with the belts and whatnot. And I knew that there was no way I could afford the price, you know, at that age to buy a replica belt. So, what I would do is I would literally make cardboard belts out of them, literally. I would take the time, literally, take the pictures, draw it up, the design, everything, paint it up with... You know, but with gold, gold and paint it, make it look literally like the replica belt that you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference. So, um, so you it, were ahead of your time. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know about ahead of my time. It was more like I figure I was, I was seventeen. Um, I. I was in high school. I I didn't have a lot of friends, and I was kind of a a wrestling obsessed person. I mean, I flunked my junior year because I spent a lot of time reading wrestling magazines rather than pay attention in school. So, needless to say, teachers knew when they saw me in class. When they would look down in the back of the room, they would look and like, yeah, he's reading his wrestling magazine, so he doesn't care. <laughs> so, hey, your teacher was, was Bill Lapter back then, so that's all right. Oh, it, it, <laughs> it could have been. Uh, the guy looked like him, actually, but with a mustache. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 your show got hijacked. I mean, I was listening to that, and I'm, I'm sitting there on hold, and I'm thinking to myself. What the heck is going on? And then I suddenly hear Pete in the background, and then I hear the boys from Irish Whip, and I'm like, "Okay, what's going on? Is he is is this for real? What did, did Rucker push the wrong button or something?" I'm like, "What's going on?" And and the conversation keeps going, and then the lady kicks me out of the conversation totally. I'm just like, "Okay, cool. Well, I guess I'll have to call back." Yeah. <laughs> you know, the the shitty thing is on my end, like I'm freaking out because. You know, there could be new people listening. There could be, you know, we have a, a core group of people that listen every week. But you never know when somebody's going to be listening. I'm just like, really? You know, I've been tweeting about this shit all day long, and now the time comes and I can't get the buttons right. But I listen to them guys just laughing and making fun of us and, and doing the run. And, like, you can't get mad at it, man. It's, it shit is out of your control. So the best you can do is is reboot it and try it again, which is what we did. And thank you for uh, for sticking to it, Joe, and calling back in. Um, oh, no, well, for sure. I was, like, I, was, I, was, I was waiting to see if you would hit the unmute button so I could join that conversation. I'm like thinking, eh, it's all right. You know, I'll, I'll get in the conversation afterwards. So, 
So my list, I have three belts in mind, and one of them is going to make you smile totally because I know you own this belt because you talked about it for StarCast. You forgot to bring the belt with you because you wanted to have the first ever African-American world champion that ever held it. Damn. Exactly. So that belt, I was obsessed with that belt when it first came out. I know everybody's got an obsession with a big gold belt, totally. And that should be number one, no, without a doubt. But I'm going to put it number two just simply because I like that follow-up WCW belt because when they first came out, I was like, Great man, guy. that is a cool, that's a cool belt. That's talent. And I'm just like, so that was one that I, I did. I replicated it. It was almost perfect in, in the regrets that I have in life that I didn't I didn't keep these things around because I, I kept moving around from place to place. So it's like you lose track of things and you lose them and you can't have them anymore. So that's, that's my number one belt. The second one would be the big goal. And my third one would be the big eagle, the little eagle, the one that Hulk Hogan held all those years because I grew up watching that belt on television and mm-hmm. watching it pass on from Hogan to Savage to Warrior, to all the other guys that held it until it was finally gone and they brought the new Big Eagle. It's like that belt was basically synonymous to me growing up, to every time I would open a pro wrestling illustrated magazine that I would see that belt in in any of the pictures anywhere. And it's like those are the things that really stuck out to me throughout the years. Uh, Big the big goal, the first time I ever saw it, I saw it in Puerto Rico when I was a teenager. Uh, not even a teenager. It was more like 10, 11 or so when I saw Ric Flair wrestle in Puerto Rico against Carlos Colon. And nice. I saw that on wow. television. Yeah, so it's like it's one of those things that, that, that the luxuries that I've had is that I grew up in a small island when the time when wrestling was hot there and a lot of the people that you cannot see now were there and they were in when, when they were the hottest. So I got to see a lot of Ric Flair on television there, a lot of promos that he would cut, and it was always the thing. So you, they would put him on, he would cut his promo, he'd do it in English, and then the translator would do it in Spanish. But you still have the, the luxury that you remember seeing it in English. You may not understand what he's saying because, I mean, at, at that age, I didn't really speak English and I didn't understand it. But I didn't care. Now I do. And I appreciate it more. So it, it's kind of like one of those things that you take those and you're like, man, that, that was awesome. And those, those three belts to me are synonymous to my childhood. Um, the other ones that I would consider really are only two others, which would be the United States belt, the one that Sting held when he started holding it numerous times. Yeah. Um, I, liked, I liked that design. So it, it was one of those that, you know, it, 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 it cut a court. And then the Intercontinental Championship, the one that Ricky Steamboat won and Randy Savage and everything. That design, you know, it was, it was one of those things. Those belts, to me, are synonymous with me growing up being a wrestling fan. So we um, – I like I, it. I'm sure you heard us earlier. We talked about when Pete gave his list, I said that the Intercontinental title looked like it was made for Kurt Hennon. That WCW title, there's a picture – that I have somewhere of Sting wearing that title, and it looked like that title was made for Sting to wear. That WCW title yeah. is one of my all-time favorites, and 
you know, as a little stinger coming up, you loved the belt that the stinger wore back then, and and that was it. I thought oh, that was that, that, when they brought that, that belt. That was to me. That was him surpassing Ric Flair. And I mean, as a kid, obviously he didn't surpass Ric Flair. Yeah, but yeah. Symbolism, and, symbolism wise, it was them moving on from Flair and going to Sting when that belt was created. Right, and and I remember so when they when they first were going to reveal that belt, the original person that got to hold it first was Lex Luger. And they didn't have the belt ready for that championship match when Luger won the match. So they gave him the replica belt that they put a cover on it because there's a story that has been talked about in different podcasts where that was Dusty Rhodes' old uh, Southern belt from Florida, I believe. And they basically just put a logo over it so that way you couldn't tell the difference. You know, and now the luxury of time where the stories have been told, the, you know, the, people are aware of that. So when Lex Luger came out with that belt and then Sting took it from him at Super Brawl 2, it's like it, it definitely cemented his legacy. Def, oh, that, that was awesome. I mean, I, I remember the very first Super Brawl. Uh, I was in art class, and I tried replicating the poster with the Steiner Brothers and Sting and Lex Luger in the Super Brawl logo. I didn't do a great job, but I, I did get a B in it. Because I didn't put too much effort into it, but if I would have, I might have been, it would have been awesome, maybe. But that 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 poster, I tried replicating it. Later, I remember when Sting won the belt the second time, and he was actually, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think it was in Milwaukee too, where he won hmm. his uh, the world championship. Uh, Pete, you might be able to help me with that. Was it Milwaukee uh, where it took place? I don't even remember. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna have to Google that just just to just to make sure because I because I do remember they did they 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 did it in the I know they did one of the Super Bowls in Milwaukee. I can't remember which one it was, but I think it was that one. I'll look it up. No big deal. So that right now. Def, yeah. No, that definitely Sting. Uh, I'm gonna admit it. I was a Sting fan. I painted my face in high school. Like Sting and the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, I would do the woo, literally. You know, and when, when I and when I give you crap, I give you crap because you know it's like I like busting your balls because I know how you are such a Sting mark. But I understand right. it because I was that person too. So I'm not a Sting. Well, Joe, Joe, we got uh, another another call. Yeah, uh, no, you want me to leave you on or? I, you, just just to let you guys know real quick, Super Brawl two was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Awesome. Oh, wow. cool. I don't know why. Yeah, Ron no, Simmons man. defeated Cactus Jack. Uh, I don't know why yeah, I was thinking I it was in that. Washington. But Joe, we're uh, gonna uh, we're gonna get to this this yeah. other call. You want us to yeah. leave you on, or are you or are you gonna download later? Uh, I'll download the rest later. Um, uh, as always, pleasure. Thank you very much, and um, I'll catch you on the other side. Hey man, thanks for calling. That, that Puerto Rico story was was pretty fucking good. So thanks for uh, peace thanks out, for Joe. That, that definitely. And Pete, I will see you uh, next weekend in uh, C2E2. Yep, gonna go see Jim Cornette. All right, bro. Be careful. All right, <laughs> All right uh, we got one more call as of right now. I haven't even given my list yet, Pete. Area code seven oh six. That's a Georgia area code. I know that. Sure. 
Can you hear us? Hello? Code 706. Yeah, how's it going? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. It's Rucker Pete. How y'all doing? Pretty good. good. How, How are you guys doing? Doing all right. This is uh, Joey Steelman, a.k.a. Steel Toe Joe. Ah. And uh, calling in to provide my list for y'all. I think it's a little I'm familiar, ready. but I, I think I got one extra thing to add on. Uh, to well, if you're from to the Georgia, if you're from Georgia, no, I'm guessing my, we got some NWA, WCW. This is my golfing partner that I'm playing right, this awesome. weekend, Pete, that yeah. you're talking about. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, we're finally getting out there. But uh, to go, yeah, my first two, number number one, number two, y'all already talked about, uh, pretty obvious, I think. Number one, I'll go ahead and go backwards, is the big gold belt. There's obviously nothing else to add more on that. It's just the most beautiful of all time. Number two, I've yep. got the Intercontinental Championship with the white strap. I was nice. psyched when Cody brought it back. I remember back in the day when I first started watching, I remember uh, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon. Uh, I think Mr. Perfect had that one at one time as well. Um, that's always been eye-popping to me. And uh, it might not be as prestigious now as it once was, but hopefully it will get back there at some point. And then my dark horse in the conversation it's actually two different versions of one that I grew up on as a child. Uh, the World Television Championship from WCW. I remember at nice. first when I first started watching, Arn Anderson had it for a while, and he was the first ever television champion I saw. And then I remember Steve Austin, William Regal, they had it. It looked kind of like the Intercontinental Championship, but it was kind of a little bigger in the middle. It had TBS on the side. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, uh, at, some, that. <clears throat> at some point, they <clears throat> upgraded to, uh, or I wouldn't say upgraded, they changed it to uh, one they had in the late 90s where Booker T and others traded it back and forth. Uh, Chris, Can I say Chris Benoit on this show? Oh, hell yeah. You just can't say whole coach. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or uh, Big Nose. Okay. Uh, yeah, Chris Benoit, Booker T. Um, Back then, that that was kind of it was an eye-catching belt to me too, and I always thought of the TV title something I saw more than any other title. The U.S. title in WCW was trash. Uh, of course, the big goal was there, but I always got the TV title, uh, the look of the U.S. title. But uh, yeah, the TV title back when Booker T. Chris Benoit had it looked kind of like a little mini big gold belt with the TV stuff across it. I actually looking at it earlier today. It was thinking about getting one, one of the replicas they got online. But, uh, yeah, that was the dark horse I wanted to bring into the conversation. But, of course, uh, number one and two are obvious, uh, widespread, but I just wanted to put that in there for y'all. Joe, you I like it. Name, you named my titles, and I'm going to do my list right now since you were talking about it. But, but when you said Stone Cold or Steve Austin was shooting with that belt, I have a, a funny story. When I used to live in Kansas City, we would go to the Kemper Arena and watch wrestling. My grandmother yeah. would get us, like, really good seats because they were cheaper back then. So Austin yeah. and Dustin Rhodes, the the natural, they were feuding over the title. Right. So Austin comes out 
uh, Dustin Rhodes comes out first, and Austin's coming out behind him, and they were in like this blood thing. So Dustin Rhodes jumped him in the aisle way, and they get the fighting, and Austin tosses the belt over, and it's right there. I don't even remember how old I was. Oh yeah. But I'm reaching through the through the guardrail, and my hands are like scraping at the title. I don't know what the plan was if I'd have been able to pick it up. Who knows what would have happened? But Austin sees me doing it, and he snatches the belt, and he goes, "What do you think you're doing, you little motherfucker?" And, and I was just like, "Oh my god, that's the coolest fucking thing that's ever happened." Like, so, so yeah, that, wow, that TV so title. Stunning was, uh, Steve talked shit to you. Yeah, he did. He really did. And I I met Sting by accident that night too, which is a completely different story. Which is the only time I've ever met the Stinger, so I don't even count it. But but yeah, that uh, anytime I think of the TV title, I think of that story where. Steve Austin cussed me out and called me a little motherfucker at like seven, eight years old, however old I was back then. Um, and oh, so, man. Joey, since you brought it up, I'm going to give you my three titles. The NWA TV title with the black strap, not the red one. I know everybody's got a thing for the red one. I actually like the black strap on the NWA TV title. That was one of the first ones I saw. Like you said, Arn Anderson, um, it was like a. It was the only silver title I remember back then. Everything else was always gold. That's probably why it stood out to me. Um, and then the other title you actually just shit on it was WCW US title. I love that title. That is one of my favorite titles of all time. And then of course number one is the big gold. I mean, if the big gold is not on your list, your list is absolute trash. So, but yeah, so that's my list: NWA TV title, WCW US title, and the big gold are my three favorite titles of all. I mean, it's it's hard to narrow down to, to three, but those would be mine. Right. Yeah, no, well, I kind of sit on the U.S. title. It's not my preference, but uh, I can understand how some would like it. You know, it's just not mine. Well, that, that, that was like synonymous with Sting when he was coming up. Like him and Rick Rude feuded over that, and I remember there was a, a magazine cover of them standing face-to-face, and Medusa was in between both of them, and Rude's got the title on his shoulder, and I just went back like, damn, that's a badass-looking title. And ever since then, I've been in love with it from that day I saw it on that magazine cover. And it kind of sucked when WWE changed it over to the bullshit that they got now. Right. I just remember, uh, who was it? Scott Hall and Kevin Nash talking shit about it one time, and I kind of agreed with them. <laughs> Well, if you agree with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, then clearly something's wrong with you. So, well, be an outsider. (laughs) (laughs) You got anything else, Joe, you want to bring up before we get to another call? I'm good, man. Bring that in. Uh, Appreciate you taking the call, and hopefully I'll get to chime in later on sometime. Hell yeah, thanks for calling, and hopefully uh, I'll whoop your ass on the golf course, which I doubt, but, you know, whatever. It's, I can always hope. Yeah. Anything can good talking on the golf course. Good talking to you, Joe. Finally got to hear your voice. All right, Pete, man. Appreciate right, it. Bro. Yep. Peace. Peace. I'm trying to, to be very careful. Damn it. I was just saying, I'm trying to be careful and not to hang up on Hoops who just called in. And as soon as I oh. hit the button, Joe dropped off, and then <laughs> it went to Hoops' number. He moved right back in, and I hung up on him. <laughs> Tonight sucks. 
<laughs> it's been a good show. Blog Talk is killing it today. Yeah. Speaking of, let me apologize to this man. Uh, Mr. Hoop, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hang up on you. I'm glad you called back in. Look, man, don't call. Don't tell me to call in the show and then hang up on me. That's like bullshit right there. Let me tell you. Hey, it happened to me before the show even started, so I know how you feel, man. <laughs> what the hell's going on over there? I don't know, man. It's a clusterfuck over here. The one-man clusterfuck is Stone Cold calling. I tell you what, Marty takes one night off and shit just goes to hell. I was going to ask what happened to Marty. Did Pete kill him or, or what the hell's going on? Pete's trying to take his place. I, I said we were going to be the Freebirds, and Pete got mad that I didn't give him the Ronnie Garvin name. So, and First of all, it's Jimmy oh. Garvin. <laughs> Ronnie Garvin was never a Freebird. <laughs> and both of them suck. <laughs> you would get, I mean, come on. Who would get the Garvins confused? Like you said, they both suck. So <laughs> yeah, they're, well, they're all what a little bit who? different, too, so. Not a whole lot, man. Just got my way back down from Northern California on this trip and uh, sitting here with my uh, my little one at uh, Denny's eating some food and figured I would uh, call in and, and say what's up. Get in on the belts, man. Uh, you know, um, Chris just kind of shit on mine a little bit. Uh, uh, my number one is going to be the uh, – the NWA television title with the red strap, not the black one, um, mm-hmm. because I just I just love it. I love the way it pops, the way it looks. I love it, everything about that freaking belt. Um, my number two is going to be the big gold. And, uh, you know, I was having a hard time trying to find the uh, my number three because it's either the winged eagle or the dumb globe, and I can't, can't really decide which one I'm going to go with, so I'm going to call that one a tie. I- I had that same issue. You know, they're just so they're just so synonymous with uh, you know, the, the respective company. Uh I mean, you put that belt on somebody and it just looks so legit. It's badass. The design is awesome. The history behind them are awesome. I mean, just everything about those two belts. Um but yeah, um uh television title with the uh red strap. That's my that's number that my number one. That's the one Tully like wore, it. wasn't it? Yep. Yep. That's uh, that's my guy Tully. So. Yeah, that was um, that was, was really the, my that was my first that was my first television champion when I first started watching NWA. It's like I like this Tully Blanchard kid. Yeah, here's the thing. I think when you're uh, I think when you're talking about your favorite belt and stuff like that, I think uh, you know, it's not just necessarily the look of the belt as it is or as it was or whatever. It's it's related to you know the what you saw when when you first saw it on your guy um it popped for you you remember it it sticks in your brain and and that's what you go with it's not necessarily the most popular title that everybody else loves i know some people think if the uh, dome globe is at number 1 on your list and your list just a, a, a title belt like that has to has to mean something to you and that's why it should be your number 1 not because not because rick flair wore it or you know, Bret Hart or, or whatever. Uh, it's gotta, it's gotta mean something because you know of a personal attachment to it. Sure. And then, yeah, so, once you learn the history of that belt and who held it beforehand, and hey, that person was a great wrestler. That person was a great wrestler. Um, just to kind of do a little history thing, I was when I was watching WWF in the mid '80s, 
they brought this old guy in named Harley Race. I'm like, who the who's, who the hell's bringing their grandpa to wrestle or whatever? <laughs> but then you, but then you, you know, then he wins King of the Rings, so and then he's King Harley Race. Like, okay, whatever. But then you start, you know, getting a hold of like videotapes and watching old matches with Harley, and what a badass he was. It's like, oh, I miss that era, and I got the end of the road Harley Race, which I thought was just nobody. But Harley held prestigious titles. He was a great wrestler. Then you, that, then you start respecting the business a little more, not judging who you see on TV right away, but what, who they are and what they've done beforehand, what their accomplishments are, and title belts are a big thing. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, uh, I mean, I've talked about, uh, you know, stuff that I like in the past, and, and usually for me it, it, all, it all ties back to a, a memory or, you know, uh, not necessarily a person, but um, a memory of that person or, or a moment that popped in my mind or something like that. And that's, to me, that's what, that's what your favorite wrestler or your favorite match or your favorite title belt uh, and all that stuff is, is all about. It's, it's getting you personally connected to the, to wrestling and, you know, the whole thing. So, yeah, um, I haven't, I haven't really been listening to the show because we've been on the road and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm itching for it to drive because I got a long drive ahead of me. So looking forward to hearing uh, uh, some of the uh, some of the uh, decisions that, that people have made regarding their their favorite title. I, I think it's going to be real interesting. It was. It has been. It's. Uh, we've had. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. We had somebody from Boston, somebody from Montana. Two. You. You'd be two from California, Georgia. Then you got Pete in Chicago, me in Atlanta. So, I mean, we got the whole U.S. We had, covered. So yeah, we had Damien in Anaheim. Yep, you got a different dichotomy of of different styles of who likes what. So, it's it's been interesting, man. Uh, so, it's been a it's been, I like these shows that we do when we give people a chance to call and talk about their favorite category or whatever it is. It's, it's always interesting to see who likes what and the difference or similarities, like, you know, my buddy Joey just called in. And he mentioned all three of my belts, even though he shit on one of them without us even talking about it. So it's <laughs> it's it's crazy. Yeah, I caught, yeah, I caught the tail end of that call. But uh, yeah, well, man, question for you though. You and the young one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, quick question. Uh, have you had anybody so far? Uh, I call that uh, smoking skull belt, stone cold smoking skull belt. The uh, their favorite. No. Um, Damien called in early, and I'm not even going to ruin it for you and tell you what Damien's favorite belt was. But he was – was Damien the first call today? No, he was the second, I think. Damien was, was first. Second. He was first. He, His Damian, number one yeah. belt will surprise you. And, you know, and I could see it, the reasoning he gave behind it. And to be honest with you, like, like I said earlier, um, at the time, the person that that belt was on, it made sense. It just lasted too long, I thought. But uh, nobody's brought up the smoking skull belt. Good yeah, because I think it was uh, Pete that put it on Twitter that said it looked like it was cool, but it looked like a uh, a page out of a coloring book. And uh, so I looked at that picture. I've been on Twitter for a few days, so I, I was just checking it out a few minutes ago, and I was looking at it, and I was like, "Holy damn! It does look like a page out of a coloring book." I mean, the concept you know, was phenomenal. It's like, look at this belt. It's it's got the skull, snow stuff on the eyes, but man, it looks like. Yeah, you get your crayons and color it in. I mean, there was so much potential for that belt. Like what they did with the winged eagle, you know, with the engraving and all this other stuff. And it's just like, 
they must have just bought this at Toys R Us or something because what a good concept, but shitty design. I'm really mad uh, that they never brought The Rock's personalized title on TV because I've seen it at WrestleMania Access, and that was a that was a cool belt. I don't know if y'all seen pictures of it or not. What The Rock's personalized title was, I thought was pretty dope, and I was very... It was annoying to learn that they had the title for him to bring out, but hell, he never held the title long enough to have his own belt. Yeah, and he might have been in the same mindset. Like, uh, he didn't want to you know, disrespected by bringing out his own version, or maybe he, you know, the the Stone Cold version, he looked at it and went, and eh, no, it doesn't translate well. Um, you know, it could have been a lot of reasons why he, why, why he never made it on TV. But, you know, yeah. who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, man, I'll let all you right, guys Pete, go. Get on with your show. I just, just wanted to uh, call in and uh, get my two cents worth a little bit. All right, but like I said, be careful driving back, uh, you and the little one, and we will talk to you later. Yes, sir. I'll holler uh, yeah. at you in a day or so. Right. As always, good talking with you, Hope. Yeah, take it easy, Pete. And that was probably the last call. I got I got something I want to bring up to you, though, Pete. Sure. Let me find it here in my notes. First off, I, I didn't bring up Kurt Angle retiring at WrestleMania. They're looking for an opponent. Uh, who do you think it should be? I put out as soon as he talked about it, that I wanted to see him and The Rock because they they had a lot of history when when Rock is the one that put Angle over for the world title back in the day. They had long feuds and just great matches. And I'll never forget the interview Kurt Angle did where he spliced together him interviewing The Rock from <laughs> it was an older interview with The Rock and Angle like spliced himself asking questions and there's one point where The Rock's like swatting away at a fly and Kurt goes you know what flies are attracted to right and I just thought that was fucking hilarious but Kurt and The Rock I think at WrestleMania would be fantastic see I, I, I keep thinking about it until I saw somebody I don't, I don't even know who it was I just saw it on Twitter but if it could be anyone in their prime, um, I loved his feud with Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, all the little shit that they did where he wore the little cowboy hats and Kumbaya, all that fun stuff. But that would be cool, but that's not going to happen. Um, one of the people who got Ric Flair, or I'm sorry, Kurt Angle into the business was Ric Flair. That would be a cool match, um, but that's obviously not going to happen. Um, so why not? One of the uh, that had his fight against him was John Cena, the one who's still in the wrestling. Uh, when John Cena came up, and then uh, his first interaction was with Kurt Angle, so why not make it the last one as well? So I'm picking Cena on this one. To be honest with you, that's uh, I thought about that. That was that was uh, I don't want to say an easy one, so I kind of went for something different. Right. But that one makes all the sense in the world because, like you said. Yeah. When Cena debuted, ruthless aggression, aggression, right? Him and Kurt, and I remember that match. And I remember thinking, "Damn, dude looks like Sting." And then he actually, Cena actually did the Stinger Splash in that match, which I thought they were going to try to make him the new Sting-looking guy, but he went a completely different way as the Doctor of Economics. Yeah. But, but yeah, that'd be good. Um, if I could pick somebody off the current roster that's not going to have a title match quite yet, or not a title match, but there's somebody that's not involved in something. Um, mm-hmm. Shit, 
who's not involved right now? Dolph Ziggler would be good because he could take all Kurt's suplexes and make them look fantastic. And that's what you. That's yeah, what Dolph I really could sell. I want somebody. I want some or Shelton Benjamin. There's there's one right there because then they could bring up the history of Team Angle and Kurt pretty much right. bringing Shelton in along with uh, the feud with Brock Lesnar and and the whole nine. But Benjamin or or Ziggler would be good because they would make Kurt look good. And if that's his last match, I'd rather he looked great than just wrestle the shitty match. Because, you know, right. like we talked about weeks ago, Kurt's one of my top performers of all time in the ring. And, like, these past couple years, to me, have been embarrassing to watch him yeah. perform the way he has. So I love Well, him he's hurt, and he, he, you yeah. could tell he doesn't have it anymore. Right. I mean, he's had, he hasn't had it since TNA, but he's trying. And Yeah, and so I, I don't understand the point of him putting him in the Hall of Fame and then him being active for a year after that. Like, that makes yeah. <laughs> zero sense. But So, yeah, if I could pick somebody active, it would be either Shelton or uh, Dolph Ziggler. I think they would bump around for him and make him look like the superstar that he should look like. Uh, the yep. final topic, Pete, that I want to get to before we go is Becky Lynch. I talked about this earlier. The Becky Lynch experiment is ending at WrestleMania. Not to say that she's not going to win the title. I think they're going to give everybody what they want, and then I think that's it. I don't think she was supposed to be there. I think Nia Jax hitting her in her face and ruining the Survivor Series match. If Nia Jax didn't do that, Becky Lynch keeps the title on SmackDown. She's probably in the position that Oscar's in now, treading water as the champion. She wrestles Rousey, gets her ass kicked at Survivor Series, and then they're full speed ahead with Charlotte versus Rousey. And I'm going to tell you the evidence I have as to why they are sabotaging Becky Lynch. You mind? You mind uh, listening to this real quick? This is your show, man. Speak away. been well documented that WWE doesn't like the way she talks. They, you know, I listen to podcasts just like you do, and there's a lot of insiders that say Vince doesn't understand why people like her because she's not blonde. She doesn't have big fake tits. She doesn't look like a model. The whole nine. And so, to me, this feels like she got over Regardless of that, it's, it's like Zack Ryder on to a bigger scale. You remember back when Zack Ryder was over on the internet and he had the internet championship and he was in feuds with John Cena and he had a little brief U.S. title run. They gave everybody mm-hmm. what they wanted and then they nipped it in the bud and they sent him back to the main event and we rarely see him again. I think that's what's going to happen here. She's going to win at WrestleMania. She's going to have a little title reign. And then when she loses, it's going to be all about Charlotte and Rousey. And I'll tell you why. Since the day after Royal Rumble, they have done nothing but try their best to sabotage what was such an easy story, Pete. I mean, I keep bringing it up. The Raw after Royal Rumble, where she called out Ronda Rousey to her face, it was just like electric. They didn't need yes. to do anything else. And they put all these twists and turns in there. All right, first off, they had to tap out to Oscar at the Royal Rumble. For what? because they want us to remember she tapped out to Oscar. Then she had to beg her way into the Royal Rumble, 
because she she actually told Fit Finley, like, if you go back and watch it, her final argument was, you're Irish, I'm Irish. <laughs> Basically, do it for the culture. <laughs> so Fit lets her in, and she wins. But then they go with the injury angle, and then they suspend her, and then they unsuspend her, and then they make her apologize. And everybody was comparing her to Stone Cold Steve Austin, including myself. And it wasn't necessarily a a comparison to Austin. It was more like the rise that she was on was to Austin. I mean, and she started wearing a black shirt. And, you know, um, a guy on a different podcast, he compared her and Charlotte to Austin and The Rock. Like, Charlotte comes out dressed in her Versace like The Rock did. And Becky comes out in, like, cut-off shorts and a T-shirt. So it was it was kind of leveling out. But then she apologized. And then Vince comes out and punks her out. And she's never gotten the upper hand on Vince once. Every time they're out there, he puts her in her place and makes her look stupid to where people are like, I thought you were the man. Like, how are you just going to let Vince do that? Yeah. And then she gets reinstated. And then she has to win a match to earn her match back. And she gets her ass kicked the entire match. Rousey comes out, punches her in the stomach. And that's how she gets in. It was the most anticlimactic thing I'd ever seen in my life. To the point where last night on SmackDown, she comes out, cuts a decent promo. But her reactions are nowhere near where they were. And Kofi, Kofi is basically the new Becky already. Like, the, the reaction she was getting in January is what Kofi's getting now. Like, nobody cares about her anymore. They just want to see Kofi. And the thing that really gets me is on social media and WWE.com, these behind-the-scenes promos that she's doing, they're completely mm-hmm. different than what she's doing on TV. Cut yes. her legs off from under. They, are, they have successfully cooled her the fuck down to, to the point where I don't even think the women's title match should be the main event anymore. I mean, it's, it's cooled down that much. And to have Charlotte in it, we all know how I feel about Charlotte. But I think Charlotte is getting hurt in this feud just as much as Becky is because she's the third wheel that nobody really gives a shit about. Like, I mean, I uh, I just don't understand why they did it the way they did it. It's frustrating. And to me, it just feels like, all right, we're going to knock her down the peg. She'll probably still go over at Mania. And then after that, she'll, get, she'll fall back in line to where she needs to be, like, in the bottom of the mid card somewhere, and this whole Becky Lynch demand thing will be over. With. I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like that's where we're going. So my opinion is a little different on that. Um, kind of like you said, you know, Becky Mania took over when she turned on Charlotte, and I think WWE didn't know what to do with her right away, and then they had a game plan until Nia Jackson, Nia Jackson, Nia Jackson busted her open. Um, then it's like, okay, now we need to make a U-turn. And I think the the Royal Rumble thing was kind of great because, hey, let's put her in the, you know, she loses to Asuka. Okay, yeah, that sucks because she's supposed to be the man, but she's capping out. But I was, one of, you know, I was watching the Royal Rumble, and, you know, they're doing all the women. They get to number 30, and it's Lana. I'm like, wait, Charlotte's not, or Charlotte's not, but Becky's not in it? So I think everyone was like, okay, well, this sucks. And then, you know, here comes Lana limping out, and then Becky takes over. And I think that was the build-up again, you know, to get the whole everybody behind Becky. And then the night on Raw, where she's like, I'm just going to come out and say, I want you. 
you know, the universe loses their mind. And then right after that, it just drops, like, you know, the suspension, the, you know, she's hurt, the Apollo, like all this stuff. It's like, okay, we have two months to build this up. How do we do it? Um, my guess, with Charlotte being in it, I like like you, I do see Becky winning it. Um, I see Charlotte taking the pin just simply because my guess. I originally heard that uh, Ronda signed a one-year deal, but then I hear it's a three-year deal, so I don't know what the, what it is. Um, but she was supposed to be her, like her contract ends at WrestleMania, but then I hear she's with the company. Now she wants to start a family, all this other stuff. My guess is Becky pinned Charlotte for the win, even though Ronda, because Ronda didn't take the pin, she didn't tap out, she still looks strong as a competitor when she comes back, or if she comes back, depending on, you know, what's happening. Like, if this is her final hurrah, yeah, she's going to, you know, pass the belt off. But if she's coming, if she's taking time off and then coming back, at least when she comes back, she's still, you know, Ronda Rousey, you know, baddest bitch on the planet, um, you know, kicking ass and taking names. Um, that's my theory on it. I just, I just think it's, you know, we want to keep Ronda strong. So Charlotte takes the pin, Becky wins, everybody gets what they want, but but we don't lose the luster of who Ronda Rousey is. Like I said, when she comes back, if she comes back, she can still kick ass, and nobody would think twice about it. I think if she's taking time off, she needs to lose. <clears throat> I think it would be a bigger deal when she did come back. Because then they could play the whole she's a sole loser storyline, just like the UFC. She finally gets her ass kicked, and she has to take time off. And, you know, the whole the whole thing she did with the UFC. I think that's just right. written perfectly. But it's just too much. It's like they have too much time on their hands to sit around and fuck the storyline up. Instead of right. just going from point A to point B, they make you go through yep. all these peaks and valleys. and That's why the Kofi story is working, because it started so much later, and they've already fucked the Becky storyline up. <laughs> yep. And people they've are distracted now with Kofi. Yeah, they've already learned what not to do with the Kofi storyline. And, and as far as that one goes, like the gauntlet match, that's that's just one of those things where they lean on something too much. They just did it with Rollins, and Rollins was, you know, he turned that into Monday Night Rollins, and now he's going to WrestleMania. And then Kofi right. did it, and he turned that into a bunch of momentum. And now here we are again, less than two months later, and they're about to do another gauntlet match. Well, it's not going to be a special this time because you weren't expecting Kofi to go an hour last time. That's what was so good about right. it. And now you're about to put him in a match where he has to win, and you kind of expect him to win. And so it's not going to be as magical, I don't think. I mean, it could be if done right, I guess. But to me, it just seems predictable. And so... Well, I think what happened with Kofi was the same thing that happened with Becky. All right, let's throw him in the sixth, you know, in the uh, Elimination Chamber match. Hey, you know, do what you can for this amount of time. It's like, holy shit, this turned, again, this turned out to be what the fans want, and this is a great thing. I think the advantage that Kofi has is that, you know, with Becky, that started, you know, at the end of the summertime, and that lead into WrestleMania is so long. It's like, how do we make this work for, you know, six, seven months? Where Kofi, it's like, 
shit, we only got to worry about two pay-per-views. You know, so they got more time to condense it and say, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, and then leave it into WrestleMania, the people, and the people are loving it. Um, you know, just, you know, Kofi, Kofi's, Kofi Mania was the right place at the right time, where Becky Mania is, like I said, you know, it's like, okay, this, we're really stretching this out. How do we keep people excited about it? Yeah, and I, the other thing I didn't even bring up in the whole Becky thing was Sunday night, Charlotte destroys her legs. She could barely walk. She wrestles a match on Monday. It was all over social media. She made Charlotte tap out. They wrestled a match. She made Charlotte tap. So if you're going to have her make Charlotte tap at a house show on Monday and wrestle without the crutch and the knee brace, come out and help her get into the match. And to be honest with Just you, she build, didn't show to up build something. But it, it sucked, though. <laughs> yeah, it did like, It was terrible. It's like they have all these people that work there, and nobody stood up and said, this this idea is awful. Like, this, it, suspending her is awful. Making her go to jail is awful. Making her apologize is awful. Nobody said anything about any of those. And then, you know, when she wasn't at Raw Monday, I thought, okay, they're going to give her a couple weeks off where she can heal up and – you know, then she can come back. And I think I, it might have been on Busted Open today. I don't know. But I heard somebody say it would have been great if they just would have took her off TV, the rest of the build, and then for WrestleMania, she came out with the crutch like she did last night and just tossed it in the crowd. The crowd would have blew up for that. Like, she's finally 100%. Oh, she's about to whoop ass. But instead, they did it last night on SmackDown with, you know, 5,000 people in the crowd, which was a lukewarm reaction. And then she's cutting what I thought was a really good promo for the first time. Charlotte comes out and just kills the mm. momentum of everything. And they go back and forth bitching at each other. And it just ended very awkwardly. But this whole storyline is just, it's just broken my spirit as a Becky Lynch fan. Pete, I think I'm going to go cry myself to sleep now. I'll just look at some, uh, just, just talk to Rhonda and she'll tell you everything that's wrong with wrestling and that'll make you feel all better. She'll tell me that it's fake and not to worry about it. <laughs> but, it's all, Pete, it's man, all predetermined. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate you filling in for Marty again. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, we got cool people like you that are willing to just jump in and shoot the shit with me for an hour and a half at a moment's notice, uh, talking to me all night. No, I, I already warned her. She just said, fix my internet so I can watch TV. So I have just, she usually goes to bed early anyway. So I get to do my thing, hang out with Chris and wherever Marty is. But it was cool talking to Damien and the boys from the Irish whip. And we got Joe and hoop and, your boy Steel Toe Joe. So that was uh, that's always a good time when people call in, you interact, and like you said, everybody's in a different part of the country, you know. But we're all on the same page, and the big gold belt is one of their top three. So you can't go wrong there. Obviously, smart people listen to Boots to the Face because they all pick the big gold. So I don't think that's they right. have the big gold on there. Though. No, I think that was bef- that was after his time. If we remember one of his, he was a teenager when a certain belt came out. Yeah, but like I said, man, I appreciate it. Uh, me and Marty 
make a little graphic on uh, social media and put those out because Ring of Honor has a pay-per-view this weekend. But thank did, you. Uh, did, Mar- did Marty pick three belts? Did Marty pick three belts? He did, but he didn't send them in to me, even though I asked him to. Let me oh, double check my, my double check my text message. Oh, I apologize. I'm lying. Top three belts from at a bearded master. Number three, the current Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. Number two, big gold. And number one, who's gonna love this? The smoking skull Stone Cold Steve Austin belt. So those are both. Oh, all right. Three. Yep, the ROH World Title, the Big Gold, and the Smoking Skull as his number one belt of all time. After you just shit all over it, so you shit on his favorite belt. You try to replace. I didn't him. shit on it. I just I mean, colored it. Are you are you gonna try to get him to hang out with you near a barbershop window pretty soon, or what? Because I mean, you just turned the heel like hell on Marty tonight. Hey, you know what? I, you know, I don't want to see him escape from, you know, boot to the face. You know, it's, I mean, if he's trying to escape through the window, I'll be, I'll just try to help him back in. You know, that's all. He, he does hate Ric Flair, though. So. I know. I, you know, I, you take the good with the bad. I mean, at least you're here, Chris, and you, you became a horseman, you know, over the Labor Day weekend. So that was kind of cool. Oh Marty, well, hopefully there's some hope for him somewhere, but, um, He'll learn. Maybe, maybe if you watch some wrestling in the '80s, you know, maybe he would understand. But the young ones, you know, it takes some time to learn. Those young bucks. Those young bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you can find Pete at Peteopolis on social media. Uh, you can find me at Russell Twenty Twenty on Twitter. You can find my co-host, my normal co-host, Marty Vasquez, at a bearded master. And you can find our T-shirt store, ProWrestlingTees.com, slash boot to the face. As usual, I always recommend getting the soft style T-shirt because they are comfortable as a motherfucker. I have been Chris Rucker on behalf of Pete Opolis. This has been Boot to the Face, episode 24, top three titles of all time. And I'm saying peace. Woo!